0: This is the Earn That Body Podcast, and I hope you're doing great, feeling great. So much going on. I can't believe it's spring. I just love it. It's going to be warmer soon, garden season soon. That's exciting for me, at least. (laughs) I know a lot of you are waiting for the temperatures to warm up because that's just something, something awesome about the seasons, right? Now, some of you live in those beautiful seasons where it's basically 70 year round. I used to live in San Diego and we used to laugh because the temperature fluctuated from like 70 to 75. (laughs) But a lot of people are definitely in the colder climates and excited for the temperatures to rise. And I do think there's definitely a real sense of body awareness, I guess you could say, as the temperatures change. And that's a really neat thing about living in the four seasons, which I finally do for the first time in my life. Um, I live in Pennsylvania now, so I finally am getting a cold winter. I'm going to get a spring, which I'm so excited about, summer, and then a beautiful fall. There's something really nice that happens with all of those seasons to your body in a very healthy way. And part of it is that even the nutrition and your food changes with the seasons. And I've done a podcast on that before talking about eating with the seasons and you know should you eat with the seasons and our food industry has changed so much because now they import you know foods from all over the world and so you can get certain berries and certain melons like year-round but really when you eat with the seasons like as i garden i have learned so much about what grows in the winter what grows in the spring what grows in the summer what doesn't grow in the summer and i do believe that there's something to it like i believe your body should eat certain things in certain seasons and maybe then you're supposed to take off of eating those things when they're not in season for a reason I really, truly believe in nature, and I believe in the human body, and that they all work together. That is a total side note of what's going on today, but again, happy spring to everyone. Now, in ETB, we've got the Summer Six-Pack Challenge Coming up April 17th, I don't want you to miss it because it is always so fun to do the very first launching challenge with the big team. There's so much more accountability that way. So if you're trying to dial in your nutrition, working on decreasing your sugar so you can just kick that sugar habit, uh, we're increasing protein, we're doing some kind of nutrition challenges within the summer six pack challenge where you're also going to get six awesome core videos that are seriously some of my favorite yet if you're trying to get toned flatten the core your abs work on your six pack before it is bikini season summer six-pack. Join us. If you've never done a challenge before, this is a great one to sort of see what my style is for workouts and even some of my ideas on nutrition. So just go to earnthatbody.com. There is a button on top uh, that you will see right on the homepage, or you can also go to earnthatbody.com forward slash summer six-pack and you will get all the details there. Now today, we're going to talk about something called sourdough bread and the reason why is because i did get a lot of people asking me about sourdough during covid because so many people got into making the starters and making fresh sourdough bread and just so you know i'm late to the game always when it comes to like pretty much anything especially fashion related (laughs) but i also was late to the game on sourdough bread so my husband and i just started making our own sourdough bread uh, like a couple months ago. And one of the reasons why I wanted to was because since I am injured and I'm not able to work out to my full potential at all, like barely any cardio in my life. And yes, it is killing me, but I really need to keep my nutrition super fine tuned. And I didn't want to do that by being super restrictive on calories and like, you know, starving through the day. I just, I will not live that life. And so what I really did to modify was, going with a very real food, clean food diet, meaning I have tried to stay away from as much processed food as I can. And even though I do eat a lot of healthy breads, you know, I'll eat a whole grain bread, things like that, I wanted to make my own bread that had basically you know, three ingredients in it instead of, par- instead of that paragraph full of ingredients. Because the more ingredients there are in anything, the more processed it is, whether it's 100% whole grain or not, I wanted to see how clean I could get my diet right now. And it's definitely helping me manage my weight so that I'm not gaining a ton of weight during this period that I'm injured. So we started making sourdough bread and that really sort of brought up a lot of questions like, is it healthier? Is it not? It's white. Oh, does that mean I shouldn't eat it? All this stuff. And I've been hearing about the benefits of sourdough for so long that I thought I would share with you everything that I have learned about why or why not you should be eating sourdough bread. So we're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from U.S. News, they had an article this week that says even a little extra weight can cause or raise kids' odds for high blood pressure. Now, I have a high majority of moms who listen to my podcast, and so I felt like it was super important that I read this article, or I should say share this article with you, because it says a little extra weight gain, not a lot, a little can raise a kid's chance for high blood pressure, and honestly, I feel like life is hard enough for kids for adults right now, that if we can get our kids off to the right start with their nutrition, with their healthy body when they're young, it will help them so much more as they age. So I thought this was really important to share because they said that even modest weight gain above the average puts kids at risk for high blood pressure, according to this new research. Hypertension during youth tracks into adulthood, and is associated with cardiac and vascular organ damage. And since the organ damage can be irreversible, preventing hypertension, which is high blood pressure, in our young kids is so super important. Now, the researchers studied electronic health records of more than 800,000, so that's a lot of people they studied, in Southern California children who were three to 17 years of age between 2008 and 2015. The investigators compared their BMI, which is that body mass index, an estimate of body fat based on height and weight, we've talked about that in past episodes, at the outset and at a five-year follow-up. And they also determined who had high blood pressure. The research team grouped the kids by average weight. They did that by doing low body weight group, medium body weight, and a high body weight group. Now, compared to use in the medium range of average weight, The risk of developing high blood pressure within five years was 26% higher for use at the high end of the average weight range. Every BMI unit gained per year added 4% to their risk, according to this particular study. Now, the rate of high blood pressure was higher among boys than girls and among youth on government subsidized health plans, which I thought was really interesting as well. Now, this study underscores the need for medical professionals to reevaluate how we correlate and educate about health risks across the spectrum of weight in growing children. Obesity may be the most important risk factor for hypertension during childhood. Now, I highly recommend you check out this article. It's in U.S. News. And if you have a child who is struggling with their weight, You might want to talk to your pediatrician, to your doctor. You might get some nutrition help for them. But I always find that parents who are eating a very healthy, balanced diet very often have kids who do. And so if you're noticing that your child right now is struggling with their weight, it might be a good time for you also to assess where you and maybe your partner, if you're raising your child with someone, where you're at with your nutrition, Whatever you eat, your child should eat, assuming, of course, that it's healthy. I'm not a fan of you eating healthy and the kids eat whatever they want because they're super picky. When that happens, what are you showing your children? Like, that is not okay. And at the same time, I have seen parents who eat super unhealthy, but they cook really healthy for their kids. And that's great because if at least you're cooking healthy for your kids, I feel that you're doing the right thing but they're watching you. And so what does that mean for them when they're teens or when they start cooking for themselves in their 20s and their 30s? Are they gonna go back to being like what you did because you are their role model? So the most important thing is that we want to raise our children to be healthy. We want them to have proper nutrition because it's going to make everything easier for them, just like it makes it easier for us, right? Healthy, balanced nutrition makes us more energetic. We can think more clearly. We can sleep better all the things you want for your child and what you don't want for your child is to have high blood pressure to go on blood pressure medications at a young age when potentially it could have been fixed with nutrition now for the new moms out there i'm going to tell you right now from the very start when you start feeding your child uh, solid foods you got to be healthy be organic encourage your babies and your young toddlers to eat all kinds of foods. And as they continue to grow, continue to give them all kinds of vegetables, all kinds of fruits, all kinds of proteins and healthy carbohydrates. And you want to make sure that they have a vast majority of things to try. Usually when you do that from a super young age, they continue to then eat a balanced diet. So lots of things, but again, you should always talk to their pediatrician, to your doctor, and if you do need nutrition guidance, they might be able to refer you to a nutritionist who can help you directly with the children. Now, who wants to talk about sourdough bread? Now, I'm not saying that you have to make your own sourdough bread, but we will talk about that as well. But again, I wanted to know, and I have a lot of clients who got into that uh, sourdough making habit in during COVID, and a lot of people wanted to know, well, is it healthy? Is it healthier? Should I not? It's white bread. Like, you know, I look at it, it's white, so therefore I shouldn't eat it. Well, I'm definitely going to tell you that I was very encouraged by everything that I researched. I did some research. A lot of this comes from Healthline WebMD, and they talk about the benefits of sourdough bread. So just so you know, sourdough is one of the oldest forms of grain fermentation, and the experts actually think that uh, it originated in ancient Egypt around 1500 B.C., And it remained the main method of leavening bread until the baker's yeast replaced it. And that was hundreds of years ago when baker's yeast came into play. Now, breads can be categorized as either leavened or unleavened. I just want to give you that education here on the different kinds of breads there are. Because the leavened breads have a dough that rises during the bread-making process, and this is caused by the gas that's released as that grain in the dough begins to ferment. Now, most leavened breads are commercial baker's yeast to actually make the dough rise. But unleavened breads, like your flat breads, like tortillas, things like that, those don't rise at all. So you've got your leavened and your unleavened. Sourdough bread is a leavened bread. However, instead of using baker's yeast to make it rise, it is leavened by wild yeast and lactic acid bacteria that are naturally present in flour. Now, all you have to say to me is naturally present. I love when things happen in a natural way, not when we add these human man-made things to our food to make it do a certain thing. So wild yeast is more resistant to acidic conditions than baker's yeast, and that allows it to work with lactic acid bacteria to help the dough rise. Lactic acid bacteria are also naturally found, again naturally, in several other fermented foods like your yogurt, your kefir, pickles, sauerkraut, even kimchi. The mix of wild yeast, lactic acid bacteria, flour, and water, which is used to make sourdough bread, that is all called the sourdough starter. And that's probably what you heard so much about during COVID. It's like, who got their sourdough starter? Who was making it? Are you buying it somewhere? Now, during the bread-making process, the starter ferments the sugars in the dough, helping the bread rise. And that's how it gets that sort of characteristic sourdoughy flavor that so many of us love. I do, at least. Sourdough bread also naturally contains a lot of different levels of acetic acid bacteria, and that is a group of bacteria that give the bread its particular vinegar-like aroma the smell is pretty much to die for when you make it out of the oven. i'm just saying you don't have to make it but it's a pretty great smell now starters with high levels of acetic acid bacteria they definitely take longer to ferment and rise but that's what gives sourdough bread its sort of characteristic texture and the yeast that is naturally found in sourdough bread is also thought to increase the bread's nutrient content, and it makes it easier for your body to digest than bread that's made using baker's yeast. So again, when baker's yeast came into play hundreds of years ago, that sort of became the way to make bread. But the, naturally, the natural way to make sourdough bread makes it easier for your body to digest. Interesting, right? It's like the more we go with the natural way of things, the more the body can tolerate, digest, things like that. So, that always pushes me to want to go as pure as possible when it comes to nutrition. Now, let's talk a little bit about the nutrition of sourdough because the sourdough's nutrition profile is similar to those of most other breads and will be influenced by the type of flour that is used to make it. So like whether you make it from whole or refined grains, but there's definitely some more benefits. Now, just in general, like the calories of say two ounces of, a sourdough bread 188 calories that's pretty similar yeah to other breads um, 37 grams of carbs again very similar it's got two grams of fiber it has eight grams of protein which is kind of nice there's a good amount of selenium folate thiamine niacin riboflavin manganese even iron and copper so aside from that nutrient content sourdough has what they call sort of special properties that allow it to definitely surpass the benefits of other types of maybe so-called healthy breads. Now, sourdough bread is often made from the same flour as other breads. The fermentation process used for sourdough improves the nutrition profile in more than one way. And so that's sort of what is making it more nutritious. For one thing, whole grain breads contain a good amount of minerals, including potassium, phosphate, magnesium, and zinc. However, your body's ability to absorb those minerals is limited by the presence of something called phytic acid, and they call it phytate. And phytate is naturally found in several plant based foods, including your grains. And it's often referred to as an anti nutrient because it's actually binding to minerals, making them more difficult for your body to absorb. And the lactic acid bacteria found in sourdough bread lower, it has a lower bread pH, and that's gonna help deactivate this phytate that is found in so many breads. And because of this, sourdough bread tends to contain less phytate than other breads. And research is saying that the sourdough fermentation could reduce the phytate content of bread by more than 70%, with the lowest levels found in breads made from doughs with pH levels between 4.3 and 4.6, fermented at 77 degrees. Now what's more than that is the dough's low pH combined with the lactic acid bacteria it contains tends to increase the nutrient and the antioxidant content of the sourdough bread. And all of these things are so good for our health and for our digestion, for our body in general. So sourdough's longer fermentation time, it not only helps improve the aroma and the flavor, it also improves the texture of the bread... And so if you aren't typically a fan of whole grain bread, a lot of people will find that sourdough bread is much better on the palate for all of those reasons. Now, not only that, but as I just said, it this kind of bread tends to be easier to digest for people. Um, and that's definitely a benefit because some people really struggle with the digestion of some of these breads and you know that kind of carbohydrate. The lactic acid bacteria and the wild yeast that is present during sourdough fermentation, they actually help neutralize that anti-nutrient that is naturally found in grains. And that's gonna help your body digest foods made from these grains so much more easily. And sourdough-free fermentation is also going to produce prebiotics. And we've talked about prebiotics before, but that is a type of indigestible fiber that feeds the beneficial bacteria in your gut in turn always easing that digestion and improving our gut health. We talk about gut health a lot, you read about it a lot. You want to be good to your gut health and your you know your intestinal flora. And so the sourdough fermentation process is producing these prebiotics naturally. So eating something super pure like sourdough bread versus taking a pill might be another way for you to get some of those prebiotics in a little more of a natural way now sourdough fermentation process also helps break down large compounds found in grains like gluten proteins ultimately making them easier to digest again and gluten, as you might know, is a protein found in certain grains, and it can cause a lot of digestive problems for people who are sensitive or, of course, allergic to it. And gluten, and, uh, gluten tolerance varies obviously from person to person. You probably know lots of people who say that they can't eat gluten or they have some issues with gluten. You know, it varies from person to person how it impacts someone and their stomach and their bloating, diarrhea. Like some people have it really bad some people just get it a little bit, but sourdough bread's lower gluten content makes it easier for some people to tolerate who are sensitive to gluten. So it is a nice, again, option for people who want to have some bread if they're gluten um, sensitive. I would, You wouldn't be able to have it if you have celiac disease, however, because there is still gluten in the bread. Now, another thing that they have found about sourdough bread that is a huge benefit is that it may be better for blood sugar control. Now, sourdough bread, it has this way of sort of having a better effect on blood sugar and your insulin levels, because a lot of other breads will sort of spike that in you and in your blood. And that can be a real problem. you know, you probably hear all the time that you wanna keep your blood insulin, uh, blood sugar levels down. Now, the researchers believe that sourdough fermentation may change the structure of the carb molecules, and this reduces the bread's glycemic index and slows down the speed at which sugar enters the bloodstream. So that also can be a really beneficial thing, that this kind of bread can help control blood sugar better than other breads. And again, this fermentation process is really what is going on here, which is making it so unique in comparison to other breads. Now, do you want to make it on your own? Well, I am going to tell you it's pretty it's pretty simple, but it's definitely a process, all right? So, the first thing you have to do is you have to make a sourdough starter a few days beforehand. So you can't sort of like whip it up the day of. And you do have to feed your starter daily and let it grow for a few days. It's actually like a living thing. And it has to grow for a few days before you can even start to make the bread and then on the day you want to make your bread you basically take some of this starter mix with flour and water you mix it all together you have to let it sit for several hours and then there is a dough folding process and this is where it's just a lot of time because what you have to do is you have to fold the dough let it sit fold the dough, let it sit. And you might have to do that three or four times and you have to let it sit for like an hour or more in between those times. So we try to make the bread when we know we're gonna be home all day, we're doing maybe, you know, a bunch of stuff around the house. That's the good kind of day where you're sort of in and out of the kitchen and can... Kind of just deal with the process of it. Again, simple process, but definitely takes several hours, you know, that you have to be home to do it. Then you're going to put it in a Dutch oven. You're going to bake it. And honestly, it comes out absolutely uh, amazing. <laughs> you can also buy sourdough starters. So that's what I did. There is, um, There are so many farms here, which, you know, brings me so much joy. And so I actually bought... A sourdough starter from one of the farms here and so that way i didn't have to make it myself and wait a bunch of days we just were able to get the starter and get it going but it is super simple to make your own starter as well but also super simple if you just want to get it and i'm sure if you look up you know local sourdough starters in your area or you simply post on social media that you're looking for it someone has some starter that they can give you Uh, and once you have it you have to keep it going if you want to keep growing, uh, keep baking your own bread. And so all you have to do, though, is you feed it once a week. You don't have to feed it every day. So it does not have to be in your life forever. But like once a week, we feed our sourdough. And when I say we, <laughs> I should be clear that my husband usually doesn't. Um, and then you basically take some of that sourdough starter out or your mix at that point, you take some of it out. He uses it then to make pancakes on Sundays. So it's sort of become our habitual thing that on Sundays, That's when we feed it. We use the extra that you would normally throw out for pancakes. It is absolutely delicious. And then that way it can keep going. But I have even read that your sourdough starter can sit in the fridge for weeks upon weeks. Even if you forgot about it, you could bring it back to life pretty easily by just mixing it with a little more flour and a little more water and doing that process. So don't be overwhelmed like, oh, I don't want to get involved in this because I'm going to have to do this every day. You really don't. Uh, This is a great project you might do with um, your kids, you know, showing them that you can make your own food. I'm definitely a fan, again, because I just want to limit the amount of processed food in my life. Does that mean I will never buy bread at the store? No, it doesn't mean that. Does that mean I will never eat, you know, whole wheat bread again? No, it doesn't mean that. But I will try as much as I can to make my own food as much as I can because that means it is not processed. Now, one last thing I want to note is can you just buy sourdough bread at the market instead of make it yourself? You absolutely can, but as all things, you should check the label of your sourdough because the process that they use might be different. They might add different, different, unfortunate ingredients to keep the shelf life on it even longer. So... Always read your labels. You may all, you know, really read where it came from. We live in a time where people will make anything in a faster way by using a different chemical, by using a different this or that. And to me, that's changing the process of the fermentation and why the sourdough bread can be so healthy. So sourdough bread is definitely a great alternative to conventional bread. It's richer in nutrients. It's less likely to spike your blood sugar and generally a little bit easier to digest. Again, if you are gluten intolerant or celiac, it is still unfortunately not an option for you because there is still some gluten in there. Um, But I can't say enough, it has an incredible aroma, an incredible flavor, an incredible texture as well. And then if you want to get super fancy, you can make all those cool designs in your sourdough bread. So it becomes sort of like an art. And if you start to talk to people who make sourdough bread, they're sort of like this, oh, you make it too. How do you do this? How do you make that? You know, and it, it has definitely an art appeal to it. I highly recommend it. It's Eagle approved to eat it. Again, everything in moderation. I don't think you should be eating sourdough bread all day long, but as a bread, you can definitely pick it and it would have a lot of nutrients for you. So there you have it. If you're not already signed up, go get on the summer six-pack bandwagon. And hey, if this is a podcast you listen to like many months later, because this is This is going to be April 2023 um, when this airs. And so if you're years later listening to it, you could still purchase Summer Six Pack to do on your own. But as I said, it's super fun to do it. When a program first launches, I do a big private Facebook community group and it's just always a great group of people that encourage you and hold you accountable and make it super fun. And isn't that the best way to get fit and healthy? And again, if you need to sort of dial that nutrition back in, I think this is gonna help you with your sugar and your protein. And that's always gonna help you slim down so that you feel your best in your summer bikini. That's all, everyone. The Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to EarnThatBody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.